What's going on? This is your host, Juan Gray, and welcome to the Words to Success show. Today, we are bringing on Jonathan Levy, who is an experienced entrepreneur, angel investor, and life hacker from Silicon Valley. He built a brand called the Superhuman Academy, where he teaches over 150,000 people how to become super learners. On this episode, we go over why learning is the most important skill you need to be successful, power tips so you can actually implement power learning, and how to truly become superhuman. I also go over a personal learning new goal of mine, which is to learn to code JavaScript and how I should go about it so that I can be as efficient as possible. So you can choose one and go for it too. Oh, and this episode is sponsored by yours truly, Greatness Within, the athletic streetwear brand that makes innovative fashion for the underdog, the type of wear that you just can't quit in. Go check out our hoodies, headwear, shoes, and much more at greatnesswithin.ca. This episode is packed with gold, so let's get to it. Vamos. Vamos. The challenge for our generation and generations to come is you better be able to learn, unlearn, and relearn very fast because things change incredibly quickly. Learning is this gateway to whatever it is that I want to do in my life. Knowledge and information alone cannot create transformation, but when you internalize and and you add on implementation, then you can create transformation. I choose how how to perceive the events of my life. I choose how to react to them. Happiness is a choice. Jonathan Levy, welcome to the most badass show on the planet, my man. How do you do? I'm awesome, man. Thanks so much. Absolutely. So, brother, I think your brand with Superhuman is something that's very, very interesting. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about how you got into that and why Superhuman? Yeah, totally by accident, as I think uh, a lot of entrepreneurs find themselves in that situation. Like, uh, I struggled very much growing up with learning, uh, not just in an academic setting, but also in a social setting. Um, it was cute for a while, and then eventually it wasn't cute, and I started really struggling. I started really uh, getting into like deep depression, almost to the point of like suicidal thoughts, and, and things were really, really bad for a while. And it was largely because I wasn't able to learn quickly enough. So I felt dumb in school. Therefore, I didn't have confidence. I didn't have social confidence. Uh, I wasn't learning social skills fast enough. Um, And I ended up being medicated for many, many, many years of my life just to be able to sit still in school. Um, So I was kind of the last person that you would think was all about superhuman abilities or would go on to teach hundreds of thousands of people how to learn better. Um, Things changed for me in about 2012, I happened to meet someone who was an expert in accelerated learning, speed reading, and memory. He and his wife had kind of developed this method based on a lot of stuff out there and a lot of their own work. And this was perfect timing for me because I'd been accepted to uh, a top-tier business school, but one that was going to be two years of content in 10 months. And I just knew there was no way I was going to be able to keep up with that, much less do all the social interaction, travel, networking, mock interviews, you know, all the stuff that you want to do in business school to get the most value out of it. So I hired them as, as private tutors. And what I learned honestly blew my mind. Like I, I had been interested and, you know, I'd read books on improving my fitness a little bit here and there, or I I was familiar with different kinds of hacks that I could do. But this was the first time that I discovered something where it's like, just by learning a technique and doing something differently, I could get five, 10, 20 times the results that I was getting before. And it, it felt like 
this door was just unlocked and that I could learn anything, read anything, memorize anything. So very quickly, the things that I went about searching for and, and applying the skill to were, well, what are the things can I hack? Can I fix my physiology? Can I fix my kind of social issues? Can I become more confident, more comfortable in my skin, more uh, physically present? Can I improve my body language? And all these different things that I studied And it really took me down this path of trying to figure out what it takes to maximize human potential, to be the absolute best version of myself that I could possibly be, because I came from being a version of myself that I really resented and and hated on some level. There were so many things that I hated about myself growing up that I decided to design a new me and, and change who I was. And it worked. And, and, it's kind of coincidentally, like I, I decided as a side project to teach some of these skills, which I'd studied in Hebrew. I decided to work with the two people who'd mentored me, translate it into English and, you know, teach a little online course on the side. I thought it would be a cool side project and it, it just blew up and snowballed into one course, became two courses, became an award-winning podcast, became best-selling books, became our own website and platform and membership site. And and now we do all kinds of things, and, and we like to think that we are in the business of maximizing human potential, whatever that means for people. Very cool. So in a way, you're, you're also in the business of, of helping people super learn, right? And so when you're able to, to super learn anything, you're basically able to do anything. So you want to go a little bit about, tell me, tell me why learning is so important and how you can take people that you know, people that are maybe hearing this for, for the first time and are getting introduced to the whole subject of learning in a way that they've never really got taught to. How can they learn uh, better? What are some initial things that you can tell people? Yeah, absolutely. I love that question. So my thinking is, is along these lines, and I have to say this comes from my life experience and it comes from the life experience of hundreds of thousands of people that I've worked with and taught. Um, there are a lot of skills that matter right? There are a lot of important skills in life. If you want to get ahead, you, you better know how to handle your personal finances. You better have some decent social skills. You better be able to pick up on things and learn professional skills. But underlying all of those things is you better be able to learn. And the challenge for our generation and generations to come is you better be able to learn, unlearn, and relearn very fast because things change incredibly quickly. My life experience has, has really taught me that if you can learn effectively, if you're a confident and capable learner, then you can learn anything by definition, right? And if you can learn anything, then you can become anything and then do anything. And I've tried, I have to admit one, I've tried for like years to find something that this won't work for. And every time I face a challenge in my personal life, whether that's building a new business, whether that's changing countries and moving to a country, you know, that I've never lived in before, whether that's more recently trying to figure out how do I get into a healthy, happy relationship, as soon as I change my mindset and change it to a learning challenge and say, what are the things that other people who are successful in doing this know that I don't know? And how do I learn those things so that I can become the type of person who can achieve those things. Every single time I do that, I get results. And, and it doesn't happen instantly. That doesn't mean you know I'm some genius and I get whatever I want and I can do anything at the snap of a finger. It takes time and it takes work and it takes practice. But 
I've really figured out that learning is this gateway to whatever it is that I want to do in my life. And I've seen this happen time and time again with students who've gone on to start businesses, who've gotten degrees, who've figured out problems with their own health when their own doctor didn't know what to do. Knowledge and information alone cannot create transformation, but when you internalize and implement that information and you add on implementation, then you can create transformation. Absolutely. So let's just say I, I want to learn a new skill, right? Or a listener wants to learn a new skill. What, how is the process of guiding them to actually gain that skill in the best way possible and in the fastest manner? Yeah. So there's a few elements to break down here. The first one is really planning and structuring. I think one thing that's missing from the dialogue of accelerated learning is sitting down and asking yourself, why am I learning this? Not just because that's going to rewire your circuitry to remember and, and to pay more attention, but also because the reason that you're learning something is going to dictate the extent to which you learn. For example, I recently, not so recently now, a couple of years ago decided I'd really like to be able to figure my way out around on a piano. You know, I'd played a little guitar in high school, but something about the piano just drew me. Now I sat down and I said, do I want to be a professional pianist? No. Do I want to be able to play any piece of music that I hear, you know, just by hearing it the first time? No. Here's what I want to do. And here's what I want to achieve. I'd like to be able to read music. I'd like to be able to understand music theory. And I'd like to be able to work, work things out on a keyboard that dramatically changes the way that I'm going to go about learning. It changes my study schedule. It changes my goals. It changes the specific things that I'm learning. And so just by sitting down and doing this exercise of what do I want to learn? How do I want to learn? And, and to what extent do I want to learn? And then figuring out all the kind of logistics, right? So how am I going to study? What am I going to do when things go wrong? And I am not caught up with where I wanted to be. How am I going to learn this? How can I break this down into its individual principles? What are my milestones? From there, when you go about to actually learning it, there are powerful techniques that you can use to improve your memory, improve your focus, and improve your concentration. I'm a big proponent of mnemonic techniques, right? So anything that you want to learn, can you convert that into something that's highly memorable for the mind? For example, a picture in a memory palace um, I know you and you and Jim friend Jim Quick are good friends, so you know all about memory palaces, and I assume your audience knows quite a bit about them as well. Can you create these visualizations and make it easy to memorize new information, whether that's the circle of fifths or the grammar of a new language or vocabulary or mathematical formulas? From there, do you have a system in place to maintain those memories? Because it's not enough to memorize it; you actually need to do systematic review. And do you have a system that's efficient and allowing you to do the bare minimum amount of review to keep these things top of mind and keep them fresh? And that's, in a nutshell, a, a little bit of what we teach and, and the method behind it. Got it, got it. You know what, man? I, would, I think what would be really cool is that, so I actually have a skill that I want to learn right now. And let, let's just say, can we go into a kind of a real world example that maybe the listener, I know you have also a, you have a book that is all about super learning. Right, a book that literally you're. When is it that you release this book? September third is the latest book, uh, yeah. which I recommend over the last book because there's just been so many improvements in the five years since I wrote the first book. Because you also have the the only skill that matters. Yeah, that's the latest book. The, the latest one. one, amazing. So 
I know you have that. You also have a, a lot of courses, but what I'd like to do is let's go over a real world example of a skill that, you know, the listener wants to learn here in this example, let's just say I uh, actually taught myself to code when I was younger at a very base level, just to create website. I had a music production company and I wanted to sell beats online. Right. So I didn't really, there was a Shopify back then to sell your online music. So I basically taught myself how to code uh, very basic so I can put music that I would produce and put it up there for people to buy. Right. So I was just kind of in the learning process of all of that. Right now I, I, I own a tech company and as a CEO of the company, we have you know, multiple employees that are all you know, technical and we have a technical founder as well. So I understand, I understand it very well, but I want to go back into learning to code at least so I'm able to understand the base code of everything, right? And JavaScript is, uh, yeah. is at the fundamental of everything. So that's like a new thing that I, I said to myself, um, I, I want to learn, but here you also have to prioritize, right? So in everything that you're doing, where is it, you know, where is the priority? And I like what you said. So why am I learning this? Right. And then also how is it that I'm, how it's almost like you're creating a whole roadmap and a whole plan about most people. I don't think they do that. They kind of just treat it like, okay, I'm going to learn JavaScript, you know, here and there, or I want to learn, you know, Italian here, Portuguese. And they just kind of say, I want to, I want to do this. Right. And then I'm going to, okay, I'm going to put, I guess the a base schedule. I'll do it, you know, once a day for 10 minutes. And then when it doesn't happen, you just kind of fall off. That's what most people do and what happens most of the time if you're not kind of you don't create a strong plan and you treat it like something that actually matters and i like what you said you have to treat it like something that actually matters because it really does right learning is one of the most incredible things that you can do and those skills are something that are going to be so 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 useful and something's going to add so much value in the workspace and your personal life and in anything you do so how is it that let's just say an example i want to to relearn uh, JavaScript, or actually, let's just say, learn it from from scratch right now. And mm-hmm. I want, to, uh, and I would say it's it's important to me, but I want it not to myself to be a coder because it's a different thing. If I want to be a full stack developer in three years and be working, you know, and I have a goal to be working at a, you know, uh, an important tech company, or if I want to just as uh, an owner of a tech company to be able to understand the code that the developers are doing. And when I walk into the office where the developers are all coding, I could see what they're doing and they're talking to me about this and this and I understand. So it's a very, two different, very different things, right? But at the core, I do want to learn JavaScript. So how would you guide me through this? Yeah, great. So you've already done the first step, right? Which is understanding to what extent do I need to know this, right? I'm not going to be teaching JavaScript at at Stanford University. So what Mm -hmm. do I need to know? And what are the aspects? Now, I want you to, you've already done this, but I want you to deeply connect with your why, because that's actually what's going to propel you forward. We know from early work from a guy named Malcolm Knowles, who talks about, he studied for many, many years and was in charge of so many different uh, bodies regulating education. He figured out that there are a few criteria for the adult brain. And and one of them, I guess I, I combine these two, but they're pressing need and immediate applicability, meaning... For adults, it's not really enough to say, oh, that's interesting. Or someone told me I need to learn this, so I need to learn it. We need to know, and this is in line if you've ever seen any 13-year-old, like as we start to mature, we really need to know that we're going to use this and we want to know how we're going to use it and that we're going to use it directly. So what you just did there, Juan, saying like, I need this skill for this because I want to get into this situation and here's how I'm going to use it. And that's happening right now. You've already done a lot of the work, right? And mm-hmm. when the going gets tough, we actually have students journal about this, right? And, and it's simple, writing down why you want to do this, what are the skills you want to acquire, what do you expect? It's kind of smart goals, right? right. Um, because when the going gets tough, it's very easy to go, ah, you know, 
I don't really need to speak Russian that badly, or I don't really need to learn how to code. I'll just hire someone on Upwork. Connecting back to that why is what's going to get you through it. So doing that is the first and foremost thing. The other thing is coming up with a plan, right? Failing to plan is planning to fail. When are you going to practice JavaScript? When are you going to study? When are you going to take online courses? Is it set out in your calendar that you have a fixed time every day? Because as my friend Benjamin Hardy likes to say, willpower doesn't work. And if you say, ah, when I have time and I get home from work, that's when I'll do it you will never do it. It's not going to happen. So having a schedule and saying, here's where I want to be. Here are the milestones. At this stage, I want to be able to accomplish this. After one year, I want to be able to accomplish this. And also a very important thing that I learned from some of my business coaches, believe it or not, you need to, in your plan, actually plan to fail. You know, there is that saying, failing to plan is planning to fail. But if you plan to fail, you're prepared to handle that failure when, not if, when it happens. Because it's very easy to sit in a room and say, you know, I'll get this much done in the next two weeks. But sometimes we're all human and life happens. So what is your recovery plan? Are you going to add on an extra day? Are you going to relax your timelines? Are you going to seek the help of a mentor? What are you going to do when when you slip up? So that's a really important thing. Uh, from there, you, you choose your resources and go about learning them with things like mnemonics, with things like space, space repetition. One thing that I would also advocate is something called brute force learning, which I actually learned from Matan Griffel in a coding class. And the idea is, is really simple. A lot of times we sit down with one book, one course, one podcast, one article, whatever it is, and we try to learn that piece of information from one source. What that does is a couple things. One, it tells our mind, I better get this right. The stakes are high. I'm only going to read this one book, which is not true. You can read as many books as you want. Two, it gives you an incomplete picture because every teacher teaches differently. Every learner learns differently. And there are different values to different learning resources. So when I sit down to learn a subject, I say, okay, can I take a couple different courses? Can I read a couple different books? Can I get a couple different mentors? And then can I just, you know, act like a a starving person at a buffet and jump around from thing to thing and supplement? If I don't understand exactly how that's taught in this course, I refer to the book and I bounce around and complete my picture of the subject by having many different sources. It's almost like you're when when I want to learn something really bad, I just open up a bunch of tabs, right? And I just go through every single one as quickly as possible and grab the pieces of information that connect the most. And you're getting a lot right. of different sources of information, you know, from a lot of different places instead of just going through one article and this is this is the the everything, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it also makes learning more fun, right? Because um, you, you're you're in this discovery phase, whereas sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes if I'm like taking one course or reading one book, I mean, I got into all of this because I have ADD, right? So sometimes learning from the same person for six weeks in a row just gets kind of boring. It's, it's nice to be able, and when I was learning Russian, it's like, okay, this course is really, really good for teaching the grammar, but they're awful at teaching the vocabulary. Like, how can I supplement the vocabulary? Turns out you can, you know, there are podcasts or there are books that you can just download the most important words. So really supplementing. And and then the third tip that I think is really valuable when it comes especially to brute force learning, we talk about self-testing because how are you going to know? It's, it's so hard to know what you know. 
So how do you evaluate if in your brute force learning you've missed something? And the answer is self-testing. You create situations that test you. For example, your self-test would be, I need to write an app in JavaScript. And if I get to a certain point where I don't know how to define these variables, great. You know, I just discovered, and this is the beauty of testing, I just discovered what I need to focus on more. And testing gets this really, really bad rap because we use it as a metric to kind of grade students, but it's actually one of those powerful tools. And especially if you're doing your own self-testing. So there are ways to make this fun as opposed to a total bore going online and and taking exams you don't have to. Self-testing can take the form of you know, if you're learning a language every week, you need to have a conversation of X link where, where X is a number that is expanding. So in my fourth week of learning the language, I need to be able to hold a five minute conversation without speaking English. The week after it becomes a 10 minute conversation. Six months later, it's a 25 minute conversation on political topics and economic topics, not just talking about the weather or what I had for lunch. You know, so you create these testing environments and opportunities and they give you incredibly fast feedback loops, which then allow you to go back to your plan and adjust it. Amazing. Do you believe it's, it's better to, uh, do you have a, a pro, uh, do you prioritize learning in the morning? over learning at night or do you do you believe it's it's really it's really similar yeah this is a really great question uh, which i don't get asked very often we all have our different kind of peak hours i actually use a software called rescue time which will tell me it will measure everything that i'm doing on my computer and tell me my productivity pulse throughout the day so i can tell you that my most effective time to do creative and learning based work is 10 a.m to noon I'm kind of useless before 10 a.m. because, you know, my mushroom coffee hasn't kicked in or I'm still distracted by, you know, the the winding down for my morning workout. And after 3 p.m., I'm completely useless. But 10 to 12 is like my perfect golden hour. I think that changes for each person individually. There is a lot of benefit to learning and doing creative work first thing in the morning. I mean, we know our minds are more creative before they've been pummeled with thousands of different stimuli that have brought us into a reactive mindset. Mm -hmm. And there is a lot of benefit to learning in the evening, not so much because of your mental state in the evening, but rather because you're immediately going to sleep. Exactly. is when the mind synthesizes memory. But with that said, if, you know, by 9 p.m. or whenever it is that is before your bedtime, you're wiped, then that kind of cancels everything out. So, yeah, you, you were talking about mushroom coffee. Uh, yeah. So, so what is what is mushroom coffee exactly? Yeah, mushroom coffee is this product from this amazing uh, company that I discovered many many years ago. Um, it's basically coffee with very little caffeine, um, mm-hmm. and it's supplemented by this special mushroom called lion's mane, which I like to think of it as like, you know, you have you have stimulants in every kingdom, right? Caffeine is a stimulant from the the plant kingdom. This is a stimulant from the mushroom fungi kingdom. And I I think of it as like nature's Ritalin. It's really, really powerful stuff. I don't recommend you have more than uh, half a glass your first time, but it's just this wonderful brew that without, again, like slamming you with caffeine, gets you really, really stimulated, really focused uh, and not jittery, which is really cool. Is this something that you can do over over a lifetime without is there is there only positive effects to this? 
So far, I've been using it for years. I use a product uh, from a company called Four Sigmatic, which they autom—I mean, they synthesize it for you. They have powdered version. They have um, ground coffee version. If you're like me and you like to do a French press, um, mm. and I've had no adverse effects. I mean, a lot of the adverse effects we get from coffee come from the coffee itself. It's it's very acidic on the stomach. It's uh, it's got a lot of caffeine depending on how you brew it. Americans like to brew their coffee drip, which is like so much caffeine. And I like to think of caffeine as a one note symphony, right? Like caffeine is just this, this big drum, but there's other chemicals out there. I mean, even in the xanthine class that caffeine is in, you have theobromine, theophylline, which do all kinds of other things to kind of add to that symphony of stimulation. You can vasodilate, right? Open, open the veins and blood vessels more. So you're getting more blood flow to the brain, reducing the stress and heart rate, which allows you to get deeper into flow. You have theophylline, which actually relaxes you. So yeah, I I think of caffeine as like, it's really only good if you want to be more awake, but not more mentally, um, creative. It, It does nothing to improve your memory. Unlike some other nootropic compounds, um, so yeah, I love that. Yeah. Cause I love trying, you know, new things and in, in the morning, you know, new, new, uh, kind of coffees or, or, uh, natural, natural stimulants. Uh, so I'll definitely hit you up for that to try it out. Awesome. Yeah. I will, uh, I'll email you a link that you can send to your audience. Cause they, uh, they sponsor my podcast and they gave us an awesome discount. So I'm happy to send that to members of your, your audience as well. Amazing. Is there anything else in, in the morning that you do that you think can help people in that super learning process when they're learning a new skill or even at yeah, nighttime, totally. they get a special, uh, special routine that people can maybe gain a couple of things that they can implement. Totally. So at first I'll start by saying I'm a human being. So this doesn't happen every morning. Um, and, and a lot of times I travel so much that I'm like jet lagged and I'm just a mess, but I try to wake up as early as possible, five thirty or six in the morning. I found that Wim Hof breathing just sets the tone for my whole day. It completely alkalinizes my body, charges me up. I'm like a ball of energy when I do that exercise. Um, Mm -hmm. Ben Hardy has gotten me into journaling and I find him a happier, healthier person who's more deliberate about my life when I journal. And this is all before breakfast. I'll then have a, a little snack, like 100, 200 calories, do a CrossFit workout three to four times a week. Again, not every week do I make it that often but that's the, uh, that's the template. Uh, and then I arrive back home, showered and clean and ready to work at around nine evening routine is, uh, again, human being doesn't always happen, but, uh, I try to wear orange glasses from about 8 PM. If I've gotten enough sunlight, I use uh, a brand called Swannies and I try to get away from screens at around 9 PM get into bed, get the Kindle going and read something non-business, non-problem solving kind of history, biography, fiction, something like that. Um, sleep in a cold room. Lately, I've been diffusing doTERRA lavender oil in the room to really kind of bring down the, the pulse and, uh, yeah, then do it all again the next day. I love that. Yeah. Lavender will just there's something about it. It just relaxes as well. So, so much powerful stuff. Absolutely. So before we we wrap up, I want to just go back real quick and into what we were talking about. So kind of key takeaways, uh, knowing your why, right? So for someone who wants to learn that new skill, knowing your why, 
planning. If you're not planning properly, you're planning to fail, but then also plan when things actually go wrong, right? So that recovery plan that you were talking about, then another Absolutely. thing you talked about was, um, how do you pronounce it? The, the group, uh, the group learning, force learning? Ah, uh, brute force learning. Yeah, where you just... Yeah, where you get multiple sources different possible. sources to learn, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. self-testing, how is it that, that you're doing? Now, let's just say that you're going through that process. Do you believe that you're, a, a person is able to learn multiple skills in a, in, a, in a way that's not detrimental to that one skill? So let's just say you have... Yeah. You want to learn, let's just say JavaScript, right? And at the same time, you were talking about German. I want to learn German. How would you kind of break that down in a way that someone who has a, you know, maybe a full-time gig uh, or a career or whatever that they're, they're doing in their life, you know, they have all these things happening. How do you maintain consistent? Like you said, willpower can only get you so far. How, can, nice. how would you break that down? Would you do something where you're like, I love batching things, right? So would you batch uh, maybe like two hours a day where all you're doing is learning and maybe in there you have two skills. So like an hour and an hour, would you do like a 30 minute, 30 minute breakdown, one in the morning, one at night? How would you go about, because if you're really putting the time in and it's not just like, okay, here on my break, you know, I'm going to maybe open up Duolingo and, and chill on it for a little bit, do a couple exercises because that's mm-hmm. only going to get you so far. But if you're deliberate about really, really mastering this and lear- learning because you really care about it and it's important, you would put the right time into it. So how would you go about that if you have multiple skills to learn? Yeah. Well, so first I want to say like, the beauty of this method is that the more you learn, the more you're able to learn because that, it yeah. bases and, and we don't, we didn't talk about it. We didn't have a chance to talk about it, but it's, it's the whole method is based on creating connections in your mind, right? Phonics uh-huh. is all about how can I connect things densely? And that's why the cover of the book is this like neural network, uh, that's so densely connected to a whole bunch of random things. Um, I will have an easier time learning Japanese, say, than someone who only knows one language. Because in this method, the more knowledge I have to draw on, the more sounds, the more pictures, the more memories I have, the more, think of it as kind of surface area, right? Like when you throw mud against the wall, does it stick against glass better or does it stick against a porous surface better? It's like you have more surface area, it's going to stick better. It's the same way with doing this style of learning. The more I learn, the more I'm able to learn. Time is a, is a different challenge, right? And, and it comes down to discipline and time management. And that's hard. That's a really hard thing. But my tip and tool that I use is I try to think about the rocks, right? If, if you have a glass and you need to fit in rocks, pebbles, sand, and water, you have to be very deliberate about how you do it. Because if you pour in the water, then the sand, then the pebbles, the rocks are never going to fit. If you do it the other way around and you put in the rocks first, then the pebbles and the pebbles fall in between the cracks and the sand falls in between the cracks of the pebbles, then the water, you can fit everything in. I think about this a lot. Like what are my rocks for this week? What are my important things? And then I block them off in the calendar. And you may find like, hey, learning German right now is, it's not that important of a skill. I'll only devote, you know, 10 minutes a day to it. We we know from the research and language learning that consistency is very important. So I'd rather you do 10 minutes a day of German than uh, 70 minutes on Fridays, for example. But, uh, and then block it off, right? If it's a priority for you, block it off on your calendar, do whatever it is that you have to do, whether that's telling your coworkers that on Fridays you go home an hour early because you're learning to code or whatever you have to do, but actually block those things off. Because if it's a priority, then you have to treat it as one, right? Like 
you would never, you would never, um, at least me, I, maybe I'm a different beast than most people. I read Gretchen Rubin's book and I'm one of these like satisficers, right? I would never just flake on a friend if I agreed to meet up with them and help them with a project at work. Like that's in my calendar. That's happening. That's a date. Like nothing will stop me short of a fatal injury, heaven forbid, from making that happen. And yet it's so easy, even to me, it's so easy to go, okay, this Friday, I'm going to catch up on all those online courses that people have sent me to review. And, uh, you know, I'm going to make sure that I read that book that I've been meaning to. It's so easy to let myself down. But what if I treated myself and my goals the way that I would treat friends or a family's goal, right? That's a date. I made that date with myself. I am not going to disappoint myself. Love that. So when you're, when you're doing that, do you think it's better to batch those, those different skills together? Or is there no, not a big, uh, big difference in your opinion? I'm a big fan of batching, but it, it also depends, right? Like learning this way, I I would say one of the side effects is it's exhausting, right? I can Uh speed read a book and in the, in my book, I teach you how to read 600, maybe even 700 words per minute. And I can do that, but I can't do that for four hours. You know what I mean? I can read a book theoretically in three hours, a 300 page book. But if I do that, that's my whole day gone, right? Like I, I'm not, I'm not going to work after that. Like I'm taking a good long nap after that and I'm physically and mentally completely drained. So I think you have to be intelligent about it. I'm also a big fan alongside batching of kind of this Pomodoro technique, which is, am I building in breaks? Um, if I'm going to try and take an online course in an entire day, like have I structured a mental break in the middle of it? go out to coffee with a friend and then come back. Um, because I think it's important. And I think, again, we, we know from the research that without a pretty significant amount of chemical help, I mean, we've all seen someone study on Adderall, right? But without kind of cheating, so to speak, you can only really get so many hours of flow out of the human brain at a given time. And, and part of that, again, I'm not a neuroscientist, but part of that is like, you only have so much of these neurotransmitters available. It's like, you know, if you do uh, uh, MDMA two days in a row, it's not going to happen because there's only so much of that neurotransmitter available. You can only get so much GABA and dopamine and serotonin available. And if you spend four or five, six hours in a flow state, and then you want to keep going, you're, you're just going to be drained. Another thing I would also add that's really important for people, and we advocate this in our course, napping is really important during intense periods of learning, not only because you synthesize memories during, we think, REM sleep, but in some phase of sleep, you synthesize memories, but also because the brain, just like anything else in your body, builds up metabolic waste. The only way it can actually clear out that metabolic waste is when you're unconscious. So, uh, we've all felt that pressure in our kind of like temporal lobe. That's actually buildup of metabolic waste that your body cannot clear unless you rest. Yeah. Napping is super important. I totally agree. And do you think during that nap, so you're learning as well, like you said, only when you're getting into REM sleep or into REM sleep, or is it also in, in 20 minute power naps that your, your mind is, is going through that information and, and getting it in there? Well, it's hard to say, right? Because first we we know so little about sleep in the brain and we're just now starting to figure it out. Um, But also 
we know that you can't synthesize memory without sleep. So whether that's deep sleep or REM sleep, either way, it makes a case for get a really good night's sleep. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. All right, brother. Well, I'm going to actually, you know, put that down. It's actually, I actually just did a note here. So it's something that uh, I started kind of dabbling over this this week, you know, more than anything. And, and I talked to, to the CTO of my company. I told him, you know, I'm going to go back into just and really relearn uh, JavaScript. I'm gonna. So, what do you think about putting 30 minutes a day? Do you think that's something that makes sense? Do you think yeah, and that's putting great. it over? That's yeah? fantastic. So, something 30 minutes. I'm thinking of doing it in my within my schedule. Putting in the time that I wake up, just blocking it in there in the morning. So every morning, 30 minutes of I like what you said about different sources, uh, going through different things, and then I think for me personally, once I see a couple of different things that I like and getting different kinds of information through maybe online books and then going and seeing, okay, this is what connects better to me or maybe this, uh, this uh, source. Yeah. And then there I kind of could continue, you know, going deeper. And then in the beginning, what I feel like is going wider is interesting. Also with that, you know, you're talking about just having that HDHD or just always looking for more different things that kind of stimulates. And then, you know, okay, this is really what connects better with me where I can really see myself learning. And then I really go instead of just wide, I go deep. Yeah. And you're going to encounter, I mean, people love to bash memory, right? Memory gets yeah. this bad rap, but there's no learning without memory. You're going to encounter areas where you just need to memorize stuff. And, and it's a bummer, right? Because we, we like to think of learning as this creative process and it is, but sometimes, you know, if, if you're going to be a good programmer, you can't be looking up the exact syntax of every function every time. You need to commit it to memory. So when you when you get into those situations, try creating some memory palaces and, and organize them. I teach in the book how you can organize your memory palaces in a really intelligent way. You will be shocked. I, I mean, you will actually not recognize yourself if you create a memory palace because you, you almost cannot forget. It's the most powerful tool in the world. And I've taught people who know absolutely nothing about memory. They, they've told me in one minute, I have this lousy memory. I teach them by kind of doing it for them. I say, okay, I want you to imagine this. Now walk with me, imagine this. I've taught them to memorize 50 digits backwards and forwards in under 10 minutes. It's that powerful of a tool. So try it out. And, and, you know, I always like to tell people like memory palaces are free. They're lightweight. They take up very little storage space. They're kind of like digital photography, you know, they don't mm -hmm. cost anything. So make as many as you want. They're really, really powerful tools. Definitely. And then at what point do you recommend to actually maybe change a skill that you're like your prime skill to learn? So let's just say the way that I'm making it is that developing is that the number one skill that I'm going to be making a focus over the next period of time. And then having another one that's just kind of, that's a sub, but not yeah. as much of a priority, right? Great question. Um, so how do you, when, when do you know? Is, yeah, yeah, I follow my passion. See, I, I think that focus, passion, and, and motivation are really one of our most precious resources. We like to say that time is our most precious resource, but time without motivation, attention, and focus is kind of useless. You know, like the, the time where you're completely wiped and absolutely exhausted and jet lagged from a 30 hour flight, like, is that really valuable or would you rather in that situation have more time, focus, and attention? And so therefore, when I am passionate about moving on to something new or trying something new, I don't lambast myself about it. I say, okay, cool. Like maybe I, I'm no longer enjoying piano. Do I need to know piano for something important? No, it's just a fun hobby. And then I move on, you know, and I, and I move on to a new hobby. My, my latest hobby is uh, indoor skydiving. I just signed up for like a, uh, extended course to learn, uh, yeah, 
indoor flying. Um, and, I, and I just go with it because I know that all learning has value. All learning is, is moving me forward. And you never know, like when I picked up acro yoga, I never thought that all the things that I learned about physiology many, many years before when I was trying to fix my shoulders would come into play. I never thought that everything that I learned about Olympic weightlifting would help me so much and how I held my body and how I transferred weight and how I balanced, but it did. So you never know. And, and I always like to tell people there's, there's really no subject not worth learning. Mm-hmm. Love it. All right, brother. So I'm going to end just with three quick questions. Uh, so mm-hmm. what, what are your top books that you, that you recommend? Yeah. Like besides my own, I imagine. Absolutely. Um, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Yeah. A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Really, really life-changing. Uh, and for the business owners out there, The E-Myth Revisited. Really, really powerful and valuable book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to read 20 to, when I was single and had more time, 50 books a year. So I could go on for quite some time with books that I love, but, um, oh, and I'll add one more. I I just read, uh, Bill Bryson's a short history of nearly everything. Awesome book. Just so fascinating. So fascinating. Amazing. Yeah. I love those books. Even I haven't read the the last one, but the E-Myth Revisited is great also for just Mm -hmm. systemizing your businesses, you know, um, for entrepreneurs out there. Do you have one tip actually for, for systemizing? Cause I know you, you you're, you're all about oh, you know, yeah, productivity, man. systemizing, optimizing tasks. <laughs> one, yeah, one key uh, point. I know we could talk about this for another hour. <laughs> Zapier.com. We automate something like 50,000, uh, tool or 50,000, uh, tasks every month with Zapier. Yeah. It has changed my life. I automate so much. Uh, it makes willpower a non-issue for me. It makes distraction a non-issue for my administrative staff. Staff. It's just it's a it's a game changer. I love Zapier. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, bro. And uh, just to finish off here, what would you say that from everything that you've learned in your life so far, um, if you had to write down a piece of paper that I give you, the most important thing you know, the most important thing that you want to, to give to a loved one or to, to someone who's going to be able to look at this piece of paper, have it in their pocket every single day. I mean, what would you write on that piece of paper? What would be your words to success? Happiness is a choice. (laughs) That would be it. Absolutely. Just happiness is a choice every day. I need to remind myself I can, I choose, and that comes into kind of Eckhart Tolle. I choose how to, how to perceive the events of my life. I choose how to react to them. Uh, or not to react to them. And uh, sometimes when I get down or I feel like we're not doing enough, we're not spreading the message wide enough. We, you know, we haven't even made a dent in school systems and there's billions of people worldwide who are suffering through their education. And then I have to remember like, it's my choice and I can focus on the 200 or 250,000 people whose lives we have touched. Absolutely. Jonathan, my man, thank you for connecting. Thank you for what you shared to to me, to to the audience. Really appreciate it. Everyone go and check out The Only Skill That Matters. I'm going to pick it up as well, John. So I'm going to let you know. Thank you. I think about it and I'll, and I'll keep you posted about this JavaScript super learning superpower. Please uh, do. I would love, <laughs> love, love, love to hear it. And I would love to hear from your audience. If, if you like the book, I would so greatly appreciate a review. I, you know, as Juan will tell you, like reviews are what keep us going on, whether it's a podcast, a course, a book, like yeah. they, they, they just, they, it can be so lonely creating content. So make sure you leave a review for Juan and his podcast uh, on iTunes. If you can leave one for my book, it, it really makes such a huge difference for content creators. It totally makes our day.
Absolutely. And go check out Jonathan's podcast as well. And uh, Instagram, I'll, I'll leave the, the handles and everything on, on the site, John. So thank you so awesome. much for coming on again. And uh, we'll talk soon, buddy. All right, brother. Thank you. All right. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation with Jonathan Levy. If you want to learn more about Jonathan, you can go to wordstosuccess.com under episodes and all his links are there. Also, he is just launching his new book, The Only Skill That Matters. So I invite you to check it out. I'm actually picking it up myself because think about it. What if you could actually learn anything in the world and there was nothing that you couldn't do, nothing that you couldn't learn? We were never taught this in school. This is not something that most people are actually ever going to know about because it takes someone to get out of their way, be curious enough, and believe that they're able to do much more, understand the human brain is capable of incredible, incredible things. So I invite you to start learning about how you can actually learn. It takes you from a normal, normal learner to a superhuman learner. I invite you to check it out. He also has a great podcast called the Superhuman Academy Podcast. And uh, that's it. Give us a review on iTunes. Really appreciate it. And we will see you on the next episode. All right, let's get it. Vamos. Vamos. Vamos.